Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Nomad Strength Show. I'm Ross Hillier, your host. We've got a solo show today, shorter solo show. We do these every Thursday, uh, usually in response to a lot of questions that I get about training, nutrition, recovery, or they could just be random little musings that I want to go over with you guys because I'm the one that has the microphone and I can say whatever I want. Uh, today, however, was a prompt that I put out on Instagram, uh, just looking for some topics of things that you guys that listen and follow along on Instagram wanted me to go over. And every time I do this, I get a lot of similar things uh, asked, you know, a lot of questions that are, are very similar to other questions that get asked. But I had one today that actually was a very thought provoking question that we haven't really covered a ton of uh in, in any of these shows. And I thought it was a great topic to dive into on this uh, solo episode. So that's what we're going to do today. And the question actually is based around, it's a training type question and it's how to train with a strict plan versus training based more on feel. And this is something that is actually a very fun conversation to have. And it's very important because a lot of people are kind of stuck on this scale. So we're going to get into this in a minute. Uh, before we do all that, if you haven't, please go and uh, subscribe, follow, rate, leave a five-star review, do whatever those things are on all the podcast platforms, uh, wherever you listen. I know that Apple Podcast is the main one that most people listen to, and that's even evidenced by the percentage of you guys that listen to this. Most of you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
pretty much makes up the rest. And then there's some others uh, like kind of the niche Podbean and, and Stitcher and a couple of those other ones that you guys listen to on those. Um, Apple has the ability to leave five-star reviews. If you would please and you enjoy the show and you want to share it, you know, leave a five-star review. That actually does help uh, the show get shown up in search functions on Apple Podcasts, you know, more frequently and uh, really just, just help the show. So thank you for those that have done it. There's some great ones up there that I really appreciate from all of you that have done that. So thank you again. So let's dive into the topic for today, training on a plan versus training on feel. And I think that this question was, or, or this topic was requested because I have posted a lot in the last handful of months, uh, maybe the last year about how the majority of my training uh, is really based around concepts and and how I'm feeling day to day rather than sticking to a strict plan programmed out for me. Uh, and, and, and that's how I've approached my training for probably the last year to maybe 15 months, really since last February. Uh, I'm, I'm just sorry for the pause. I'm trying to think of when it w- really was that I made that shift. And I would say probably last February or so. But the, the point being is that this is a very recent thing for me that I have allowed myself to train in this way. And there are things that I would recommend to those that ask this question. Uh, how do I know, you know, training on feel versus training on a plan? And training on a plan is not something that just because I train this way now, I am against and because I no longer do it. That is quite literally the opposite. Uh, 99% of people need a plan to follow. And it more has to do with your training age uh, to start with at least. just because when you're coming into training with little to no experience, you really need to set a strong and wide foundation for strength and for fitness and for health and for wellness. All of these things, we need a very wide foundation. Uh, and the really, we're at when you're a, when you're a beginner and you know you're an infant when it comes to training age. You don't have enough input. You don't have enough data on yourself to be able to understand what it is your body's really telling you. And we like to kind of romanticize this idea that, you know, our body's giving us signals, like it's speaking to us. And, you know, just one day my body's going to tell me, like, this is what you need to do today. And and you're just going to understand. And it's just like this message from nature. And that's not what is meant when when people say, you know, listen to your body. And then if it is, I would argue that they probably aren't people that train very hard or very long or have have really been through many strength and conditioning type programming. Uh, this idea of listening to your body gets really misconstrued for what it actually is. And and how we go about getting to this point is based in just volume and data and and years even of compact or compound, excuse me, data and all of these uh, foundations that we've built in training for, you know, months and months and months and years and years so that you understand how you specifically are going to respond to a certain stimulus of training. It's not this idea that, you know, I just wake up one day and I I understand my body just tells me I'm going to go do rows and swings and and this rep scheme of this rep scheme and, and all of that kind of stuff. I have been training for 15, actually 16 years now. And 
in that time frame, I've done every, and I've, talk, I've talked about this on the podcast before, I've done every type of training basically under the sun. And I know through dedicated amounts of training for, for months on end of a certain, you know, discipline of whatever it is, how I react individually to certain stimulus, whether it's volume, whether it's load, whether it's intensity, any of these things, I have a very deep well of data and uh, knowledge about my own body that I can draw on when I'm, you know, and I, and I say this because I still have a loose structure of a program, but I can adjust that and call an audible day to day because of how I'm responding to previous days work. And I know how I'm feeling today. I need to change up this, you know, rep scheme or this movement pattern, or maybe I need to just sub out this movement because I'm feeling a certain way. Uh, for example, if my shoulder's a little wonky one day, maybe I'm not going to press a barbell overhead. Maybe I'll press a sandbag because my palms are going to be facing each other. And that takes a little bit of load off of my shoulder, puts more of it into my upper chest. Uh, it's, it's these kind of things that allow me to call these audibles on my training. And a lot of times we just don't, people don't have enough data gathered to understand how to make those decisions yet. We think we can go through a 12-week program, loosely follow it, and make all these adjustments on the fly without really giving the program its desired time and effort to be effective. And I say 12 weeks, but really, I'm again, I'm saying this, this is something that took years and years for me to be able to get to this point. And so I'm not saying this to discourage people from listening to the, you know, maybe some things are going on in your body where you're maybe you're a little wonky in a, in a joint or you're, or you're a little more sore than what you think you would be. And then to make those kind of adjustments, that that's really different because you can still follow the plan. And the program and the plan, that structure is more important for 99% of the people out there than pretty much anything else that you can throw at them training wise. Just having that structure and that consistency is really going to be what makes the biggest difference for people long term. And oftentimes you run into people personality wise, and I run into these kind of people all the time. And it's they just want someone, you know, and, and, and let me back up a little bit. There's a level of respect that I have for people that can just be like, Hey, I, I just tell me what to do and, and I'll do whatever. Just give me the plan. I'm not going to ask any questions. Uh, I'll do whatever you say. Uh, I have a, a level of respect for those kind of people to just be that honest and turning over a whole section of your life to somebody, no questions asked. However, uh, I encourage you to ask questions, especially if you're someone that like I'm working with, for example, or really any coach that's worth their salt uh, is understanding that the coaching process is a relationship. It's not a boss and employee relationship. And, and even if we want to get deeper down to that, that really is a boss and employee type relationship too. You want that to be more of a relationship rather than the superior being inferior being uh, that is not the relationship in coaching at all. It, it is very much derived from the feedback that the athlete or the client or, or whatever is giving the coach. And that's how you begin to go through this process of really understanding what it is that you can respond well to in training, but then having that second set of eyes or third or fourth set of eyes to see it from a different perspective so that you can understand how your feeling correlates to this certain metric. And uh, to kind of spin off on a tangent a little bit, that's a lot of the issues 
that I see people have with wearable technology, like the fitness technology, whoops and aura rings and, and HRV monitors and all of this kind of stuff. Uh, we're becoming so dependent on the technology. And this is actually taking the conversation kind of in the opposite direction. If we're talking about training on feel, uh, the reason that that can be important is so you can understand how your feeling correlates to certain metrics. And so if we're, if we're living and dying by the whoop score that we get every day, even if it's not what we're feeling, then it's kind of missing the point of the technology in general, or we're missing the point of being able to feel things. And so for example, if you wake up one morning and you have a whoop or an aura ring or whatever it is. And it says you have, you know, a, a 52% recovery rating, you know, it's in the red or whatever it is. And, uh, but you have a, a big training session and it's And it's, you know, it's recommending that you back off on your training today because you're in the red, you slept terrible or whatever. Uh, but in reality, you actually might've slept great and you wake up feeling amazing and fresh. If you let that little piece of technology around your wrist dictate your training, even though it doesn't agree with what you're feeling, then we're kind of missing the point of the whole thing. And so that tends to happen a lot, especially with these wearables becoming so advanced uh, in the last handful of years, we're missing the point of getting back to how we can feel and relate it to what that metric is on the device. And that's really what the biggest benefit of these things are, is that it's a diagnostic tool, right? So for someone at the beginning stages, it's, it's extremely helpful because if you understand that, like I slept like crap last night and then on the screen, it's, it reflects that same thing and be like, yes, this is what happens. And then that next day you do all of these recovery protocols and, and you work on your nutrition. You really, you know, drink a lot of water. You're doing all the recovery things necessary. The next night you sleep great. And then the score reflects that you slept great. You can make that correlation and say, this thing and these things improved when I did these kinds of things. And that can be a very useful diagnostic tool. And I think that's how they should be used, not as this wrist coach that tells you what to do because it doesn't actually have the, the insight to how you're feeling internally, right? It can give you all of these, these metrics and these measurements and all this stuff, but that's the benefit of having a person be those second set of eyes because they can see you, they can see your eyes, you know, if you're in person, uh, they can see how you're performing and they're talking to you and they're understanding, you know, I, you know, I was super stressed yesterday. I was driving home from work at a bad day at work and, and they're getting into the gym late at night and they're trying to train. But on the thing, it says we're, you know, going 90% today. That's probably not going to be the case if you've got a coach that knows you right? They're going to make these adjustments for you. And if you've got a wearable technology piece, it says, you know, you slept great last night. I'm not taking into account how this day went. You're going to go train hard. And if you just listen to that, you're going to break yourself after a while. So this idea of training under a program versus feel, we have to understand what the reason is for the program. We have to understand what we're trying to get to eventually. And I, I tend to say this with a lot of the guys that I, that I coach personally, a lot of the men that I coach, I tell them, you know, unless you just want to stay with me forever, you know, or however long it is, and you want me to continue coaching you, that's great. But I want you to get to the point where you are 
able to train and feel comfortable with and competent with all of this stuff without needing me. I don't want you to need me after a certain amount of time. And if you want to stick around, that's great. But I want to make sure that you understand what it is that we're doing and how your body is adapting so that when you're training, you can begin to understand this is how I'm going to respond to this. And that program, having those programs in place and that structure is how you begin to build that foundation. And then, you know, Years later, however long it is, once you've built up that well, uh, that you know that big savings account of strength, which you know in episode one, Anders talked about having a strength savings account, right? Like he's just we're always depositing into this savings account, and years and years and years go by, and we, and we now have this massive savings account. So it doesn't matter if we end up, you know, something takes us off the rails for a week. We've built up this huge savings account that we can draw strength from, uh, you know, quite literally in some cases, and so. Uh, having these concepts in mind of program versus feel, they're not, it's not a black and white either or thing. One is the path to the other. And the other one being the feel is still best utilized when there is a program. So it's not like there it, it, you're either with a program or you're completely autonomous training by whatever you feel like that day. It, it's best suited when you've got a program to make alterations to because that is the feel. Understanding that this might not be what is best for me today because I understand how I'm feeling today after years and years and years of training. And so I can make these adjustments. And so I, I wanted to make sure we get that point across because I often, I've, I've actually had this question. This is the first time I've had this question in a very long time. And the last time I was asked, it was actually by a client. So this was a cool segue and opportunity to talk about this more publicly. Uh, it's not, like I said, a black and white thing. And so I would encourage you to really focus on a program you know, really at any point, because I mean, I still train, I still hire coaches to do my programming and stuff. This isn't something that you just grow out of. Everybody needs a coach and, uh, and anybody can, everybody can benefit from a coach. They're, you know, a good one. There are few to zero people who wouldn't benefit from having a coach in some capacity. And we actually, uh, talked about this with Greg on the episode this week, you know, even the, even the top, top, top athletes in the world, he looks at and, and says, you know, they could be 10% better. And and he's absolutely right. Everybody has room for improvement, no matter your, your ability level, no matter where you are on the hierarchy of athleticism, everybody can still improve to some degree. Having a program and that structure for, like I said earlier, 99% of people is just going to help you with the consistency aspect of it, which that's what almost everybody struggles with when it comes to training and longevity. It's being consistent. And if you have somebody that's giving you a program and uh, and guiding you through it and coaching you through it and, and building a relationship and helping you understand all of these things on your own, that's just going to help you more. And then you may get to the point where like I gave my example with my guys, you don't need the coach anymore, but you still follow the program. But now you understand how to coach yourself. And that's really what training by feel is. It's really coaching yourself. And so if you want to think about it that way, just imagine all of the the experience and the education and the hours and the the amount of time spent looking at other people coaches go through in order to get to this certain point where they're, you know, transforming lives and building, you know, superheroes on some on some levels. And 
understand that that's, you know, the minimum of what it's going to take for a lot of people individually to be able to do that for themselves. And so this isn't to discourage you from a program or to discourage you from leaving a program. It's just to understand that it's all kind of one thing. There's no, there's no absolutes in any of this. They're both tools. They're both, they both play off of each other and they both enhance the other. You know, the program is going to enhance your ability to feel what is going on. Your feeling is going to be able to make alterations to the program to make the program better. So I'm really glad I got this question, actually, because it gave me the opportunity to to dispel a couple of the things that come up when I've read or heard people talk about training with feel. And and it's not something that bothers me, I would guess, because I mean, stuff like that doesn't bother me, but it, it in a sense is misleading. And so I wanted to have the opportunity to go over this so we can understand, you know, again, it's all a process. You get to the point where you're feeling all of these things and, and feeling, you know, is, is such a strange word because we tend to think of feelings and emotions interchangeably. And I'm not necessarily talking about emotions. I'm talking about physical feelings in your body, understanding your body's responses to certain stimulus. And that isn't even just training related. It's nutrition related. It's sleep related. It's recovery protocol related. It's, you know, jumping in the ice bath related. It's stress related. All of these things play a part in quote unquote feel. And so if we're going to pursue feel, then we have to follow the structure to build on that data and that experience. And so that's how I tend to view this, you know, I'm, and I, and I would welcome the disagreements and, and the pushback on this because I would love to have conversations about with some coaches that maybe not agree exactly with this. Um, but in my experience with coaching myself, uh, coaching others, training personally for 16 years now, uh, this is the you know the equation if you want to use that word that I have found to be the most effective into getting to this place, and so uh, again that was kind of fun. I'm glad we got to go over this because it's something that is is important to understand. And so uh, if you have any questions about this, I would love to talk more about this. Or if you know somebody who flat out disagrees with me 100, percent please send them this episode and then tell them to reach out to me because I'll bring them on and we can talk about it. Uh, and I, cause I want to have those discussions and, and understand, you know, different perspectives from a training standpoint and, and all that kind of stuff. All right. So that is going to do it for today. Remember to go to nomad-strength.com, sign up for the newsletter. If you haven't done it yet, there's lots of exclusive content, show highlights, all that kind of stuff that happens in that newsletter. That is going to wrap up this show. I'll catch you guys on Monday for the next interview show. Mm-hmm.